Hey everyone, welcome to episode 113 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Livia Kesseman, the Strategic Project Manager at 28 Health. Uh, so Livia is the second guest that we've had from 28 Health recently. And so we already had 28 Health's intro podcast. So this is a podcast where we go into some different parts of the business. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Livia's role at 28 Health and some of the things they're doing in terms of expanding into different states, um, as well as some of the differences between healthcare in Europe and North America, since Livia's worked in both markets. Hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Not not too bad. I'm I'm excited for us to chat. Uh, this is kind of one of our our first uh, opportunities where we're actually rolling out these new pieces of content that I had the opportunity to to speak with uh, one of your co-founders, uh, Bruno, about right over at, at Twenty Eight Health. It's about us putting together additional pieces of content that kind of focus in on some of the other roles at 28 Health uh, and then like specific focuses in those roles, right? Like for instance, one of the things we'll go through today is talking about expansion and what that criteria looks like to go into these different states, which I'm excited to chat about. I'm sure a lot of uh, people that are interested in that telehealth uh, focus and expansion uh, side of the business will be interested in, in learning more about. Uh, but I think we should dive right into it. If you could tell the audience a little bit about you, we can start off there. Sure. Um, so my name is Livia, and I've always been passionate about healthcare, which is why I decided to study biomedical engineering. Uh, when I finished my studies, I went to work for a company called IBA, uh, which is short for IMBIM application, which is the world leader in proton therapy. Proton therapy is a new treatment for cancer. Uh, high-tech treatment, which is uh, very, very interesting. And my experience there was very rewarding. I had a couple of roles there, started as the classical engineer and then continued as project and product manager. Then I was very lucky to be selected to the Prince Albert Fund, which is an equivalent to the, I would say, Belgium 30 under 30. Uh, and that gave me the chance to move to the US and help another Belgian company called Biteflies uh, to do the, and, uh, and I was in charge of their business development. Uh, also in healthcare, the digital health company, they're working on uh, epilepsy, on sleep, uh, and now they're doing some work on COVID as well. Um, and after those two experiences, I wanted to continue my journey in healthcare. And this is why I joined 28 Health, where our mission is to increase uh, the access to reproductive and sexual healthcare for underserved women. Interesting. Okay. So it's, uh, did, and, and did you know Bruno and, and the team there before, uh, or did they get in contact with you just uh, out of the blue? So I knew Bruno Via Via, and I'm sure people will hear a similar accent of Belgian, <laughs> Belgians in New York. Um, but I really learned about the company uh, through social media, and I think it's a, it's really a great company. Very cool. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, yeah, I, I like the accent. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's like soothing. I don't know. It's. 
it's uh, you, you don't have a your, your typical uh, New York accent, right? Um, <laughs> or at least not yet. Who knows? It could be coming. Uh -huh. Well, I, I'd love for so you, you gave us thank you for your, for talking about your background a little bit and giving it giving us that quick uh, you know minute on on what Twenty Eight Health is and what you're doing, kind of what the mission looks like. Um, can you talk us through what your current role looks like at Twenty Eight Health? Sure. So I'm the strategic projects manager at 28 Health. Uh, I know that can be mean many, many things. Uh, in my case, what it means is that I'm in charge of really different types of projects. The first one I can talk about is the product expansion project. So currently we are focused on contraceptive, but we want to expand up our offering for women beyond contraceptive. And so my role there is really to uh, decide which projects we should put on the roadmap, but also really going into, into details, into understanding what are the legal, the medical, and the, uh, the tech constraints that are around launching a new product uh, as part of 28 Health. So that's one part. Uh, another part is I also lead uh, collaboration with a strategic partner which is called Juno for Me, whose mission is really aligned with ours, which is to increase access of birth control and there it's specifically in the state of Illinois. And finally, I'm also in charge of uh, the state expansion of our solution. So currently we are in a certain number of states and we want to increase and be all around the US. So I wanna focus in on that a little bit because uh, I know this is a topic that many of our listeners would be intrigued to hear, right? Uh, what what kind of qualifies a certain state for you to say we we should be looking at expanding in this state and then eventually okay we need to expand in this state what are some of the things that you you and your team look for to make that decision uh, happen i guess a little more quickly that, that that's a very good question um so the idea is really to find the right balance between uh helping as many women as we can and having the biggest impact as well as uh, finding the place where we can really implement our model. I'm saying that because state regulation are so different among the United States. So in some states, uh, I will find information that we can just have a medical questionnaire and the user will reply on that questionnaire and they will be able to get access to medication. In some other states, you have a completely different regulation where you need to have in-person visit to have a prescription. And so the job there is really trying to navigate between all of those uh, different criteria to find what are the most interesting states for us right now. What, if, if you could speak on it, what's one of the, I guess, uh, more difficult states that you've seen that kind of make it hard to, for, for you in, in the current time that we're in, right? Envision moving into that state, maybe because just the regulations aren't too flexible or it's just maybe not a good time? I mean, for example, the state of Louisiana is requiring a video call, which is something that we are not currently doing and that will need a tech, in, a tech work from us. Uh, so that's definitely something that's on the pipeline and something that we want to do, but not something that we will be able to do tomorrow, I would say. All right. So Louisiana, if you're listening, help them out, be a, be a little more flexible and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. That makes sense. Um, would you say, so, okay. So there's, there's multiple things that you look at in determining whether you should go into a state. 
I'm, I'm curious to hear, uh, you know, obviously I'd say there's some parts of what you do today that are connected to what you've done in your past, but I'd, I'd like to focus in on what, what are some of these past experiences that you've had that have helped you in your current role at 28 Health? Sure. Um, so as a project manager at IBA, I, I really learned how to put new products on market and really understanding uh, what are with the software side, the hardware side, so more the engineering side of the process, as well as more really the medical side and the regulation. So really trying to understand who are the stakeholders to really put a new market on, on a new product on market. So I would say, thanks to my experience at IBA, I could really bring that to the company. Uh, and then with my second experience uh, at Biteflies, I think I really understand how to uh, put a roadmap together, how to re-strategize on which should be the next dates, which should be the next products. And so that's really what uh, I think I can bring to the company and what uh, my previous experience around me. Uh, that was very helpful. Thank you. Uh, what What are you most excited about in regards to your 2021 plans uh, at, at 28 Health? So I think a couple of things. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, expand the offering that we have to new products. Uh, we want to be really a platform for all women uh, for reproductive and sexual health. Uh, and there, there aren't there that many solutions on the market. And so just being able to help uh, a lot of women that are suffering from many different types of disease, uh, this is something that's very, very exciting for me. I had uh, one more thing I did want to ask you before we wrap up. And this is more of a, it's somewhat somewhat related to our conversation today, but you've, you've worked in both Europe, right? And in the United States. And you've seen both types of, of health, uh, how we how we do healthcare here in the U.S. and, and how things are done uh, differently over in Europe. Can you talk about a couple of those differences, those big differences that you see? Obviously, there's many, um, but highlight a, a few for us. Sure, uh, and this is something that really that really interests me because I have indeed worked in both markets. So I think the first difference that comes to mind is the openness to innovation and technology, which is much bigger here in the US. Uh, I think a good example for that is the way uh, many people switched to telemedicine during COVID. Uh, that did not happen in such a big scale in Europe. And I see a few reasons for that. The first one is probably that patients are more eager uh, to use new technologies, uh, but also regulation towards telemedicine have quickly changed during the pandemic. So I would say that would be the first big bucket. The second thing that comes to mind, and I'm sure that everybody's thinking about it, is the access to healthcare. Um, so obviously healthcare in, in Europe is more accessible for more people. And I think this is why a solution like 28 Health today makes more sense here in the US. Uh, and obviously it would be a great added value in Europe, but I think that's clearly um, less urgent than the need that we have here in the US. And I think for those two first points, uh, those are actually really linked to the way the reimbursement work in both markets. 
So in, your, in the US, we know that the reimbursement is mostly private and that gives more flexibility, but less access. And in Europe, it's the exact opposite. In Europe, it's the reimbursement is public and so it generates a larger access, but it gives less flexibility. See, that was really helpful. I'm glad you're, you're able to share that. That was just a, a little curious thing on my part. Obviously, I've looked into some of the, the major differences, but uh, it's always great to hear from someone that's actually lived in both areas, right? And, and been uh, involved in both health systems. So thank you for that. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Like I said, that the goal is to have you and other members of the 28 Health team uh, on the podcast multiple times to talk about kind of uh, key areas to specific roles and some of the cool things you're doing over at 28 Health. So look forward to those future conversations, but uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Uh, I really love the podcast, so I was very excited to be part of it. Thanks. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the BlockHealth platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use BlockHealth as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, BlockHealth works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about BlockHealth, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B-L-O-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and follow them on their social channels at BlockHealth. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.